Richard Serrett's Strange Planet, following the truth wherever it leads, exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites, revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality, coming to you from the Great White North and his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard. Thanks for inviting me into your home. Your long-haul truck, RV, camper, taxi. Your parents' well-appointed basement. With the simulated wood paneling, electric fireplace, and the painting of dogs playing poker. Your loft. That greasy spoon just off the interstate. And your cabin in the woods. Welcome to the final installment of The Conspiracy Show. After 13 years stepping away, I'll still be very busy. Again, the podcast, Strange Richard Serrett's Strange Planet, available wherever you find your podcast. And it's the same type of content. Uh, but I publish those three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And uh, the YouTube channel will continue. We'll continue to um, upload probably more content than we do now. So don't despair for all of you who uh, gather in the YouTube live chat every week without fail for nearly 10 years. Not, I'm not abandoning you, not to worry. And uh, North, my son, one half of my IT department, as I call it, um, just announced that uh, he's going to launch a, a Discord, what do you call that, a Discord channel? What do you call that? Yeah, it's a Discord server. So it's just a, it's like a big group chat. Okay. Like thousands of people if you want. All right. And then and then we'll how do we, well you'll figure it out. Yeah. Well I just told the YouTube chat to check the community tab every once in a while and there should be an invite link in there. All right. Are they, do they seem are, 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 do they seem happy with that announcement? I don't know. I don't know. Uh <laughs> so snarky. Well, what happened? <laughs> um yeah, they're all they seem appreciative, I think. Wonderful. Okay. So that's happening. And, uh, yeah, we're going to do a throwback Thursday. Some old episodes will be up there and, uh, some new content and some live chats. We'll do some live chats. Zachary is going to step into the, in and monitor the YouTube live chat here in a moment as well. So I can get him on the air. Um, coming up this hour, a visit from uh, another dear old departed friend, our Gary Patterson. We're going to talk about, um, Paul is dead. Remember the Paul is dead rumor that he died supposedly in a car crash in uh, November of 1966 and was replaced with a, uh, a double. Actually, why don't we do that now? Uh, rock and roll investigator, R. Gary Patterson. And uh, he was a, a fine musician in his own right, but he was also a, a history teacher in all of Springs, Tennessee. I got to know Gary. Again, going back to uh, probably uh, 2000, I guess, the year 2000, and um, exploring wonderful rock and roll mysteries. You know, what happened to Jimi Hendrix? Was he murdered? Uh, all of the strange synchronicities in rock and roll, the paranormal hauntings in, um, in and around uh, Venice Beach, where Jim Morrison used to hang out. He was just uh, was so wonderful uh, and so knowledgeable. And, and uh, he and I later worked on a, a project. We were hoping to launch it as a, a radio show. Originally, it was called The Spirit of Rock. And it was about that very thing, just exploring some of the great mysteries in rock and roll. And um, then he passed away. Just as we were set to actually uh, debut, I think, on a station in Knoxville, Tennessee. So I um, 
I had to reconfigure. I decided that Gary would want this project to go on. We talked about it almost every day on the phone or on a Google Hangout. And uh, curiously, he died on, I believe it was May 26th, 2017. The date is significant because that was the 50th anniversary of the re release in America of the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. He was obsessed with that album and all of the clues that are on that album cover. Actually, Carlos, why don't we get ready and why, why don't we play um, my interview? This is going back to November 11th, 2012. Rock and roll investigator, the Fox Mulder of rock, he used to describe him himself, uh, talking about the, uh, the mystery that Paul is dead. And these are the clues to be found on the cover of Sgt. Pepper's indicating that Paul is dead, R. Gary Patterson. When you look at these rumors, the first one, you know, we were talking about, it's just totally ridiculous that people made fiddle like taking a sledgehammer and smashing a round peg in a square hole. And they were looking for clues that went back to 1964-65. So if you give any credence to this, then it would have to be after the Beatles' second world tour, if it did happen, which would make November 9th, 1966, you know, a plausible thing because they had returned. And the next set of clues would be guided looking and guided listening. And if you look at the album covers, you know, does the yellow hyacinth guitar on the grave, does it really spell out Paul question mark? If you look at it, it's left-handed. All right, McCartney was the only left-handed Beatle in the band. If you count the strings on the instrument, there's only three. Well, there were four Beatles. Now there would only be three. This is the Sgt. Pepper cover. Four this, strings. this is the Sgt. Pepper cover. Yeah, Sergeant yeah. Peppers. But if you go back and you go back um, uh, the album, a couple of albums before, um, I can't remember the um, the name of the Yesterday and Today. Mm -hmm. The original album cover, and this is a collector's item because it oh, featured yeah. the the Fab Four there, and they all had these horribly disfigured, mangled dolls <laughs> all over them you know, on their lap, on their you know draped over their shoulder and so forth. It was it was pulled off the market, I guess, because it was seen as distasteful. Yes. But supposedly that's a clue, right? Well, the idea was, you know, it was a butcher cover. If you want to make a clue to it, you, if you go back and look at the butcher cover, McCartney has his mouth open, and it's like he has no teeth, like his teeth were knocked out in the accident. And George is holding a, a headless doll next to him. Now, that might that's probably a great stretch. But And then the rumor that the Beatles were objecting to Capitol Records butchering their albums because the songs were placed in different order in the United States than they were in Great Britain. But the record company wasn't very, well, they were appalled by the avant-garde cover the Beatles did. So they pasted a number of them up, and that became the Beatles yesterday and today. And if you look at the pasted cover, it looks like McCartney is sitting in a trunk, which some people interpreted as a coffin, and the other Beatles are around him. And, of course, the title, Yesterday and Today. All right, Yesterday, you know, Paul's famous song, Today, Paul's Dead. So people look back. I don't think it went that far back. I think that's a really good stretch. But if you look, to me, Sergeant Peppers is the answer, because I honestly believe that the Beatles actually planted some clues themselves. And I've got an interesting theory on why they did that. But but still, you know, it was brilliant the way they did it. And there's a lot of things on Sgt. Pepper on the cover. If you've got your Sgt. Pepper album. I do, right here in front of me. 
Well, Richard, that's because you're always up on everything, my friend. <laughs> well, I knew you were going to come around to the Sergeant Pepper, and of course, uh, you know, with with the Beatles, all roads lead to Sergeant Pepper. So, yeah, let's walk through some of the clues then. Okay, first of all, let's start with the wax figure Beatles. Yes. And if you'll notice, several of them are looking down at this, which appears to be a freshly dug grave. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I think Lennon's looking up because, you know, he doesn't follow it. He's trying to get the truth. And the other Beatles, they're all dressed the same, the wax figures. But if you look at the Beatles in the center, they're dressed in these psychedelic colors, you know, like butterflies that have come out of cocoon, you know. And it's all differences. And then if you look at the grave itself, it has Beatles. It doesn't have the Beatles. So a lot of people say, oh, well, there are Beatles on the album, but not the band. There's something missing. Mm -hmm. Like the four strings on a bass guitar, well, there's only three strings on the bass guitar. If you look at McCartney's hand holding his instrument, he has three fingers on the instrument, another reference to the number three. And then there were now, three, yes. Yeah, it would be hard to say, okay, you're going to... All right, your name is Billy Shears. You're going to take his place. And, uh, oh, would you mind holding three fingers to show everybody you're not real? You know, I mean, who knows how you could do that. But you have that. And then there's the doll figure as you go to the right of it. Yes. And she's sitting in this stuffed figure's lap. And if you'll look, it's got a driving glove on its left hand, and it appears to be caked in blood. I never noticed that. There you yeah. go. Okay. So a left-handed figure. If you look down directly in front of the doll, it appears one of the arrangements appears to be a car crashing with flames coming out of the back. Do mm. you see that? Yes. You mentioned that. You mentioned the the the, the bloody shoes. Oh uh, yeah. Um, that's um, uh, in Magical Mystery Tour. That's it. There's a scene where Paul McCartney is playing in his sock feet, in his stocking feet, mm -hmm. standing beside a pair of bloody shoes. That's so there's right. that motif again. Yeah, that's pretty spooky. And then if you read the bass drum on the on the Magical Mystery Tour album, which were basically songs left over from Sgt. Pepper's, if you read it, it says, Love the Three Beatles. Mm-hmm. Yes. But there's four, right? Yes. Interesting. And uh, even the word love, if you look at it carefully, it almost looks like Paul, if you look at it. But going back to the Sgt. Pepper cover, I mean, they have figures who are notoriously bad. You have figures who are comedians. You have uh, gurus. You have people of enlightenment. So the left-hand path, if you look at the top row, the second figure from the top is Aleister Crowley. Yes, yes. Now, why was he on a Beatle cover, you know? But it's in the left-hand path. So I think the Beatles are trying to, to make a statement, you know, about yin and yang and all of this, you know, their enlightenment. But to me... The one thing that no one can explain, and we're going to come to this now, is if you look in the crowd, you see Carl Jung, all right? You'll yes. also see a guy whose name is Lewis Carroll. Yes. And you'll also see Edgar Allan Poe, a, a number of notables. Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. Winston Churchill. Uh, Lewis Carroll wrote Alice's Adventures Through the Looking Glass. Yes. So that was a clue, because the clue was that you could use a mirror and you could find these clues. For instance, back to Magical Mystery Tour, the word Beatles on Magical Mystery Tour, if you held the album upside down and you connected the large stars, then a phone number would, uh, would appear that you could call and get the truth. <laughs> a lot of people at that time, now this is 1969, some people called and they said that when they called the number, a funeral home answered. Well, Ooh. that's spooky. Another group of people claimed that a mysterious voice only said, you're getting closer. 
And then finally, another voice appeared to some callers and was quizzing them on Beatle history with a chance to send them to a place called Pepperland. And as soon as the clues hit, the number was disconnected. So that was kind of interesting. But now, the, the, uh, also the, on the album cover, you got the Lonely Hearts, uh, the words Lonely Hearts on the drum logo. That's and it. again, That's with cool. the mirror, that mm-hmm. mirror trick, what does that spell? Okay, this, this to me was the smoking gun of the whole thing. Because if you take the bass drum, which you got to admit, Richard, it looks like if it was in the center over a freshly dug grave, it would have to be a tombstone. And the painter of the of the drum skin's name was Joe Epgrave. And at first it looks like Epgrave, Epitaph on a grave. Mm. Well, I want you to know that I have talked to Joe Epgrave's granddaughter. And she said, you know, about her grandfather being actually commissioned to do this. And they think that they have the two drum skins, the original uh, artwork he was doing is in their barn or whatever. I said, well, if you have that, you, you've got an awful lot of money. But there really is a Joe Epgrave. We thought that, well, Joe Epgrave may be a clue with the name, but that existed. So anyway, what you have to do is you take a straight-edge mirror and you place it in the center of Lonely Hearts. And you read from the reflection to the album cover. And the first thing you see is numeral one, and then it spells O-N-E, and then you have numeral I-X, and then it says he die. And between he and die is a diamond-shaped arrow that points straight up to Paul McCartney and out of the grave. So McCartney just happens to be standing where the arrow points directly to him. And over his head is an open hand that picks him out of the crowd. Life magazine said that in Far Eastern societies, an open hand over someone's head was a symbol of death. Well, you know, that fits in great, which you already know what the outcome's going to be. But <laughs> to me, he's picked out of the group, and the drum scan points directly at him. Now, what all this means at first, I thought it could be one of the Beatles, the one with nine letters, he died because McCartney's the only Beatle with nine letters. I've also heard it in, interpreted as one, 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 X, like you're crossing one out, he died. But what you gotta look at, if it's a actual epitaph on a tombstone, then what you have to do is you'd know that it would give you the date of death. So if you put it together, like one, numeral one, and then O-N-E, those two ones make 11. Right. And then Roman numeral IX is nine. So you have 11, nine, he die. Well, 11, nine is November the 9th. Now what's really spooky when I was doing this, I thought, well, you know, in Great Britain, it would be the day and then the month, all right? So it'd be 9-11, right? Mm-hmm. Which would be, you know, an American history thing about 9-11. Sure, sure. Oh my gosh, September 11th. But, you know, it didn't fit as far as the clue goes, because the clue was November 9th. Now, to make it even more interesting, the Sgt. Pepper cover was the first album in history that actually had the lyrics on the back. So if you turn the album cover over to the back, you'll see that the lyrics are all there, and George Harrison is pointing with his thumb to a certain line from the song She's Leaving Home. And the line says, Wednesday morning at 5 o'clock as the day begins. Well, November 9th, 1966, was a Wednesday. 
and the accident was reported to have been at 5 o'clock. So here on the back, on a blood-red cover, Harrison's pointing to the line Wednesday morning. Wow. To say, to say nothing of Lennon's A Day in the Life, which had the lyrics, he blew his mind out in a car. <laughs> That's right. He hadn't noticed the lights had changed. But listen to this line. Uh, when he says nobody was really sure if he was from the House of Lords. That's what the lyric says. But when you listen to it, listen carefully. Because he goes into falsetto. And it sounds exactly like he's saying nobody was really sure if he was from the House of Paul. Ah. So when you get a chance to listen to Day in the Life again, check that out. There you go. Uh, the late R. Gary Patterson. I miss him. I miss him. Uh, and I've told you before about my phone call from Gary on a, um, on a Friday night, May 25th of 2017, talking about our radio project. And uh, I'm walking around with a phone talking to Gary, and he's telling me, that the meeting uh, that we were supposed to have with the radio station in Knoxville is off for now because Monday is going to be Memorial Day. And um, I said, okay, Gary, well, we'll talk to you soon. Saturday, uh, sorry, Friday night, it's announced on Coast to Coast, Gary was a regular on Coast, that, that he had passed away on Friday night. I didn't, I didn't hear that edition of Coast to Coast. I learned about it the next day. I thought it was a joke. I called Gary. I said, I left a message on his cell phone. Gary, huh? Coast to Coast says you died. What a joke. What's going on? Give me a call. Well, it was true, of course. He was dead. Uh, the problem was I learned when I flew down to uh, Tennessee to attend his funeral that Gary had died uh, around 5 or 6 o'clock. Now it's May. It doesn't get dark until probably close to 7, 7.30. Uh, it was dark when he called. He called me after 5 or 6 o'clock when he supposedly died. And then it was my iPhone. I checked the phone records. I had no incoming calls that Friday. Nobody. Nobody called me on the Friday. There's much more to that story, and I think I've related it to you uh, over the years. However, I, uh, I want to quickly, before we get back to the YouTube live chat, and Zachary's going to jump on Mike, my other beautiful son, and read a few questions. I want to thank also uh, KFEQ 680 in Kansas City, WETR AM 760 in Knoxville, WRNN 99.5 FM in Myrtle Beach, KWTO AM 560 in Springfield, Missouri, and KEYS 1440 AM in Corpus Christi, Texas. All right, uh, Zachary, it's your moment to shine. We're going to go to the YouTube live chat. You want to read a question or a comment? Yeah, sure. Uh, so Nelson Thal, uh, do we need $20? Oh, on our YouTube live chat, our good friend Nelson. Yep. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Nelson. That's. And he uh, commented, thanks, Richard, for a great, great ride. You've been loyal to all of us artists who have been out to update consciousness. God bless you always. God bless you, Nelson. What a dear friend. And I'll do one more. Yes. And I'll give it back to North. Um, Solar Warden uh, said, you're the best. You are the best, Richard. This show has been an absolute treat, and, we'll great, and we greatly thank you for everything. We love you, and we'll miss you on Zoomer. But we'll follow you every, uh, elsewhere. Oh, Solar Warden, another one of our stalwarts on the YouTube live chat who's been with us, and I neglected to mention Solar Warden, so thank you. And again, uh, 
North just announced earlier, we got we are going to form a uh, or create a Discord service server, yeah, a Discord server for uh, all of you in the YouTube live chat, so that you can get together whenever you'd like, and uh, I'll pop in once in a while, and uh, uh, you know keep keep uh, checking that YouTube live chat or that YouTube live the YouTube channel. There's lots uh, lots of content that's coming. One more? Do you have one? We have one more there, sure. uh, North. Yeah, uh, Norma V says. Once I started listening to Richard, I was the first one on chat, and Richard said, "Hello, Norma." I ran to my husband, and it was and it was a big deal. My husband said, "Wow, it's silly." I know that's not silly, and that's very that's that's uh, so nice, Norma. That's my mother's name, so that's very special, Norma. Thank you. You were you were the first. One more, North. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas also donated five dollars to the chat. God bless you, Nicholas. And said, "Thank you for thank you for providing so much information, entertainment, and a place for a fantastic chat community throughout the years. I love you, Richard." Oh, God bless, God bless all of you. Uh, but again, not going away, not going away. All right, uh, we are going to roll into another break, and uh, when we come back, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about those uh, Soviet Navy divers who encountered these aquatic humanoids in Lake Baikal in southeastern Siberia 40 years ago. It remains uh, one of the most incredible mysteries in uh, the world of ufology. I'm back with more of The Conspiracy Show right after these. In times of economic uncertainty and chaos, your money means nothing. You may not even be able to get it from your bank or ATM. And the money you do have in the stock market will go down and down. What you can bank on is gold and silver. Gold and silver have been a reliable and trusted form of currency for thousands of years. Gold and silver have never been worth zero, and typically gold holds its value during economic turmoil. Call the gold hotline now and learn how to protect your money and your assets with gold and silver. And learn how to set up a new IRA or roll over your current one into a gold-backed IRA. Protect your money from the next market crash with gold and silver. Call now for your free gold guide. 800-461-9694. 800-461-9694. That's 800-461-9694. Do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Are you being audited or investigated? Has the IRS sent you a letter demanding payment? You may not owe what they claim. Make this free call to the tax doctor now. Let them negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. 800-626-4512. 800-626-4512. That's 800-626-4512. It's time to redefine reality. This is Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. So great to be with you one last time as we uh, say so long, but not really goodbye. As I mentioned earlier, I'll still be kicking around in the ether daily, four to six on Saga, my podcast three days a week, coast to coast AM several times per month. Although I don't know where you can listen to that anymore in Canada. Just find an affiliate and listen online. That's the best way. And uh, also the... The YouTube channel, where many of you gather so faithfully every week. I'm going to take a call here. You know, lately I haven't done that. Uh, let's say hi to Bob in Thornhill. Bob, welcome. How are you? Good, thanks, Richard. And to steal uh, a line from Nelson, I just like to say uh, 
thanks very much for being uh, a beacon of light in the dystopian uh, darkness. Ah, that's very kind of you. Thank you, Bob. Um, it's It's been a great ride, but I have a couple of requests. Uh, I went to the Jonathan Kahn uh, event that uh, you organized, and I was wondering in the future if you could do like an event show with guest speakers. That's a great idea. Uh, I, I did some live events over the years. I did a couple out in Oshawa at a beautiful theater out there. I did a number of events at the um, the University of Toronto in some of their lecture halls. So that's a great idea. And speaking of Jonathan Kahn, uh, he'll be upcoming on um, one of my podcasts, actually. Uh, probably going to do a two-part special with with Jonathan, and some uh, portions of those will end up on the YouTube channel as well. Um, I guess the Thornhill Pub will, is too small to do an event. Uh, it might be. It might be. Um, another, but another you can find me be, there on occasion. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about uh, having guest hosts come in just to give you a break? Guest hosts coming in where? Well, on on your show with Strange Planet. Oh well, that's a Just, podcast. That's the the podcast. Uh, you know, occasionally that might that might happen, but um, uh, you know, I'm I'm still looking at cranking out three three every single week. And um, again, str- the the uh, the podcast you can find that anywhere you get your podcast. Strange Planet. Is there a book in the works? Because one of my favorite. Uh, Stories was when you picked up Frank Gorshin in the station wagon with the hockey equipment in the back. Oh, yeah. Frank Gorshin. I was producing a TV show uh, with uh, John Oakley, and it was called Live on Life with John Oakley. It was a terrific show, and we flew all of these wonderful guests in. Many of them were my heroes from television, and so we flew Frank Gorshin in to do the show, The Riddler from the original Batman series. And after the show, he, he, he wanted to stick around. He wanted to hang out. He was kind of lonely. And um, he didn't know anybody in town. And uh, the, the same show, Cheap Trick, was on the program. So you can imagine. Uh, and Cheap Trick decided, well, let's all go out. So Cheap Trick, they pile into their limo or whatever, and they head downtown. They were going to meet at Crazy Louis Breeze. It was a, it was a brew pub. So Cheap Trick was there, and Frank Gorshin jumps in the station wagon with uh, with me and John Oakley, who was a, an avid pickup hockey player, and he had his stinky hockey equipment in the back. Frank Gorshin jumps in the car. We have to stop for gas first, and we pull up to the gas pump that's closest to the the, the, the hut, you know, the little hut where you pay. And so, so John and I uh, go in. It was I think we had to prepay or something. I don't know. We went in first, and Frank said, "Well, I'll, I'll pump the gas." So Frank Gorshin, the Riddler, jumps out and he's pumping the gas, and we walk in, and the gentleman behind the, uh, in, in the behind the cash is is a gentleman. I'm I'm not stereotyping. He happened to be from um, India or Pakistan. I'm not sure where. And he looked out, and he but he you know Batman is universal, right? Played in reruns around the world. He sees Frank Gorshin pumping gas. He looks out the window at Frank Gorshin. He looks at us. He looks back at Frank Gorshin. And he says, I'm not going to do the accent. That You can't do that anymore. Why is the Riddler pumping your gas? <laughs> well, you've got a lot of great uh, stories. And my thanks to Carlos, Ryan, your family, everyone else involved. But I've learned so much from your chat line, especially from Thinker. He reminds me of uh, Gary Bell and the very intuitive, uh, seductive way way. But what about having a show where... Just the the chat line is on, and you could supervise the chaos. I think uh, we're going to do something with the YouTube to set up some kind of a community. This is beyond my 
my my pay scale, my technical expertise. So I'm going to defer to my IT department, aka North and Zach, and they're going to, along with Ryan, probably help me set that up. So not to worry, all of you faithful in the YouTube live chat going to be lots of things happening there and we're going to include you so thank you bob wonderful to uh, to hear from you thank you so much thanks again richard have a good evening you too all right i'm going to dip back into the audio archives and again this is from 2012 going back to october the 14th and um again i mentioned time travel my favorite topic and uh, this is a very he's still with us as far as i know marshall barnes is a a remarkable man who um completed it back 10 years ago. I don't know where he's at now with this, but he successfully completed a series of basic experiments that provided, he said, the foundation for building a practical time machine uh, based on a little understood theory of Albert Einstein. It's the, uh, it was his incomplete unified field theory, I believe. So here's Marshall Barnes talking about the race to build the first time machine. Marshall Barnes is with us. He's in a race to build the first time machine. And uh, he's um, explaining how this will work. Now, uh, tell me, describe to me what this thing looks like. Oh, right now, it's it's a simple uh, metal fan. It's not very big, but it has a cable attached to it. It's not attached to the motor. It's attached to actually uh, uh, part of the housing that uh, then basically what happens is when we send the signal to this particular uh, portion of the fan, it's then conducted to the axle and then it goes to the fan blades. And we've tested it to make sure, you know, in fact, we, I did a conductivity test before I even tried to do anything else with it. And uh, essentially what that was is you hook it up to a uh, stereo and then you uh, take a speaker or a speaker wire coming off the back of it. Mm-hmm. And then you touch it to the, uh, to the different parts of the fan while the stereo is running. And if you hear music and you hear music with high fidelity, then you've got a really good, you know, conductive connection there. And that's how we tested it out before uh, I started doing, you know, any real experiments with it. So that's it's basically what the setup allows you to do. The, um, what, the, what effects we're getting already are, number one, and this is the most important one, we're getting an acceleration of the fan. Uh, what happens is if you turn the fan on and you use a strobe light to try to, uh, to make it look like it's slowed down uh, by setting this uh, rate on the strobe light. Right, you're putting a, you're putting a load. On the um, on the current, so once you add a load, then the, the because of the laws of conservation of energy, the the blades should, according to the present laws of physics, should slow down. Right? No, 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 no. 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 Okay. The, the slow down part has to do with like um, the same principles of a timing light when a mechanic works on a car. Okay. You've got the strobe light flashing. You're trying to think. You're trying to. And I'm not a mechanic, but I know that there's something with with like the timing belt or whatever. They're trying to get something to sync up. So they know that everything's running right. Okay. All right. So what we're doing with this with the strobe light is we're flashing the strobe light at the fan. Oh, I and see. Then we okay. Adjust the rate so it looks like the fan's not moving. The fan's still moving. If you put your finger in, it's not going to be good. But if the fan's still moving, but this looks like it's not moving because of the, because of the flicker rate of the strobe light. Right. Right. Okay. So it has nothing to do with the load. Okay. Like I understand. That. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It has nothing to do with it. Okay. Because we're not we're not doing anything to the motor of this fan. Got it. Okay. So what happens then is when you get it look like it's not moving and then you turn on the field, all of a sudden it breaks out of that frozen position. That means, guess what? The blades it's are faster. faster. Right. Okay. Exactly. So uh, so that was the one thing we did. The other thing we did was uh, we, we, we were shining a light at it and uh, in a dark room, and we noticed when it feels activated that it seems like some of the light starts to disappear, and we don't know why. Okay. Now, uh, before I can you know make a guesstimate about that, I have to do a test to see whether or not if it has anything to do with the fact that the fan blades are moving faster, so it might reflect, it might affect 
the reflectivity uh, that's being, you know, that's going on with the light hitting the fan blades. But we can definitely see that there is a decrease in the light that's reflecting off of the blades. So, so Marshall, if you were to place something inside this field that's been created by the oscillating fan blades in conjunction with this, this, uh, this signal, what do you suspect would happen to that object? Well, okay, right now, not a whole lot, uh, aside from the fact that we've got a high-velocity fan going and it's blowing all kinds of air, okay? So, but the, uh, the thing about it is that uh, eventually what we want to do is raise the power, because we're, we're working with maybe 50 watts at the most, okay? Now, we can get our hands on an amplifier. It's an expensive one, but we can, you know, it's available. We can get our hands on an amplifier that's 14,000 watts per channel. Now, along with the fact that we have... Oh, yeah, the other thing that's interesting is that uh, when you look at this fan when the field's turned on, you don't really see anything that radical with your naked eye. But if you turn up the monitor, a uh, video monitor, after you've shot footage of it, you get a, co- uh, you get a ring of color. It's like green. And that's what's just normal. That just, it just comes off, the, comes off that way. But then when the field's activated, all of a sudden you see this stream of yellow coming into it. And we're like, what is that? You know, we're still trying to figure out what that is. But that's something else that's indicating there's something really different going on here. But, again, we're only dealing with 50 watts output. So if you can imagine increasing the power by, like, 300 times, I mean, you can just, you can just kind of think, well, you know, we might be at that point, maybe even before that point, be approaching what you might call science fiction level effects. Okay, but explain to me why you believe that you are actually creating a time machine and not just blowing air around at incredibly high rates. Well, because what we're seeing, had, the effects that we're seeing have nothing to do with the air. Okay. That's why. Um, I mean, air, I mean, for example, the acceleration of the fan has nothing to do with blowing air. It's blowing air anyway. Right. So, uh, and also, the thing about it is if we, just like Ron Mallet with his uh, rotating ring laser, he thinks that if by having this laser go around, it's going to start to twist space and time, and then he'll start to get close, kind of like curves, and they'll have a time machine. Right. Well, we know that space is being affected by this field. That's what's causing the acceleration of the fan. Okay. So if we crank it up with, with enough power... And then we will start to twist space and time. And then we will eventually get closed timelike curves. I mean, it's just a matter of, you know, doing the math on it. The key is that this field does something that is akin to what Einstein was talking about with his uh, unified field theory of electromagnetism and gravity. That we have an electromagnetic field that is creating a gravitic effect. In other words, it's exhibiting the kind of properties you expect if electromagnetism and gravity were coupled together in some fashion. There you go. Marshall Barnes. Did you follow all that, Zachary? Get to work on a time machine. <laughs> your, your mother, the mighty Aphrodite, always asking me, when are you building me a time machine? You know why she wants to build a time machine, boys? She wants to go back to the time when you were first born because that was such a magical time in our lives, and it goes by so quickly. So every night, practically, without fail, for the last 15 years, I climb into bed, and she says, have you built my time machine yet? Imagine having that over your head. Come on. All I ask, she says, I have, I have simple tastes. I'm easy to please. Just build me a time machine. All right. We're late for a break. We'll be back. Uh, more of the final installment of The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Have you subscribed to my newsletter yet? It's fast, easy, and absolutely free. Just go to my website, strangeplanet.ca, Planet. And then click on subscribe. All I need is your email address, and that's it. Then, once a month, 
you'll receive my newsletter, Inner Sanctum, in your email inbox. The Inner Sanctum contains a monthly brief, a column of my analysis of the news and opinions. There's a This Month in UFO or Conspiracy History, a look ahead to an upcoming episode of this radio program, a book club, my podcast pick of the month, a spotlight on a previous guest, and much more. Join the Strange Planet community by signing up for your free subscription to Inner Sanctum. Again, go to strangeplanet.ca, strangeplanet.ca, and click on subscribe. It's a strange planet. Read all about it. All right, we're winding things down here. Final installment of The Conspiracy Show after 13 years on Zoomer Radio. A couple more affiliates I want to say thank you to. WEEU, 8.30 a.m. in Reading, Pennsylvania. KLINAM, 1400 in Lincoln, Nebraska. KLXX, 1270 in Bismarck. KBUR, 1490 in Burlington, Iowa. WZUS, or they would say WZUS, 101 FM in Decatur, Illinois. KFLDAM 870 in Tri-Cities, Washington, and uh, WIOSAM in Tawas City, KLVT 1230 in Loveland, Texas. All right, Ron in Brantford was holding uh, on the break. I got a lot of calls and YouTube live chat I want to get to, Ron. So if you had a question quickly, I'll uh, give that to me now, please. Ron, is Ron still on hold? There we go. Ron, yes, go ahead. Your question? Oh, hi, Richard. Yeah. yeah. Um, thanks for... Thanks for um, let me ask the question. Do you believe that time travel will be reality to the public down the road? Like as you can go use it as a vacationing thing, like you can go back to a certain era of time that you that you remember or whatever. Do you believe that could be a reality or do you still think that uh, kind of a private thing? No, I don't. I don't think that think that we're intended to time travel. I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, theoretically, I think it might be possible to send messages backward and forward in time, perhaps. Like you could right. use it like an early warning system. Hey, there's going to be an earthquake, you know, in two years, prepare. Maybe that might be possible in hundreds of years from now. Uh, okay. But the, I think you would need, I think I read once, you'd need the energy of the universe or many, many, many suns in order to to do that. There's that old experiment they did with the two planes one you know one flying with a clock then there's a clock on the ground i think these were atomic clocks and uh, the clock in the in the air was moving you know nanoseconds slower so it proving that it had traveled into the future like a nanosecond yeah that's been established you can travel into the future a nanosecond traveling into the past i think would be you know another that'd be a sticky wicket to say the least however i'm not that well versed on the unified field theory like people like marshall barnes so but my guess would be no no, I don't think so. I would, I mean, no, that is a great bar game. Where would you go? What would you do if you could time travel? Ron, oh. thank you. Great catching up with you. It's uh, like yeah, old home week. All the best to you in your future. And uh, thank you. Likewise. As well. All right. Thank you, Ron. Bye-bye. Over to uh, North on the YouTube live chat. What else do we have? So uh, Andrew Boyle says, uh, question, will your sons go into broadcasting? Well, North, you've indicated that you might follow in your old man's footsteps, right? I would like to, yeah. Yeah, but you want to do sports broadcasting? Something like that, probably. Yeah. All right. And okay. then uh, Shelly Smith says, I've been listening to Richard since CFRB, and I was upset when they when they shut him down. I'm upset now because I will miss the Sunday night show, but I understand. All right. Well, I'm still around. Just check out the podcast. Check out the YouTube channel. Check out the uh, Saga 960 show. I'm everywhere. And uh, George asks, do you think there's still a future for this type of program on AM radio in Canada? Thanks for the many wonderful years on Zoomer. You know, it's getting harder and harder. And that's why I have so much uh, gratitude to Moses Neimer, because he kept this show on the air uh, when maybe others wouldn't. 
uh, or wouldn't have even considered it. And so here I am 13 years later. That's largely thanks to him and his support. So it would be very a very tough sell now, I think, particularly not so much in the United States, but in Toronto, I think, and in, and in Canada in general. Yeah, it would be very difficult. It would be difficult. Hope oh, we lost the uh, the YouTube live chat. There, we're back, or the um, the the video for the video. Okay, I'm going to grab a quick call here, and it's Melanie in Toronto. Hello, Melanie. Richard, hi there. So much for the great entertainment. Um, I predict, or how possible is it, that you will be the new future host of Coast to Coast, based on a station in Canada, or right directly you'll be moving to the States, or possibly on AM740, if Moses knows his business, which he does, I believe that he should carry coast to coast with you as the Canadian host, maybe as many nights as you possibly can. Oh, that's very kind of you. Well, thank you for that. Blessings to you and your wonderful, intelligent sons and your wife and just the best of your career because you are a really imaginative man. I feel like I'm always in the forest by the fireplace and and you're there telling us a story and the shadows are flickering all around, you know, on the pines. That's that's the kind of feeling you've you've left with us. Oh, Melanie, that's very kind of you. Thank you so much. And your kind words about Coast to Coast, listen, that being able to do Coast to Coast several times a month is uh, is a dream come true. Uh, It's, I wish George Norrie a very long, healthy career and I know uh, he's going to be on the air for many, many years to come, God willing. And um, I'm just, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. Uh, if at some point in the future things were to change and I, I could do more, uh, that would be wonderful too. But uh, but thank you so much for your for your kind words, Melanie. And you are a very gentle speaker. Some of the speakers for this kind of evening show are too harsh. They're not they're not gentle. They're very good, but they're not. Your voice is more of a gentle voice, which is more closer to George Norrie. Mm-hmm. So I believe you definitely should be given that position. Okay, thank you, Melanie. Okay. We'll take another time out. Bye-bye. We'll take one more time out. Uh, I guess two more timeouts, but we'll come back. And I want to play some Jim Mars, if time allows, the late, great Jim Mars. All right, back with more of our final conspiracy show right here on Zuma Radio. Don't go away. The truth goes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. Second, it is violently opposed. Third, it is accepted as self-evident. Self-evident. You're listening to Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. All right. Welcome back to the uh, final show. You know, it wouldn't be a final show without hearing one last time, at least on this show, uh, from the late, great Jim Mars, New York Times bestselling author. His book, uh, Ruled by Secrecy, um, I, I wore out one copy and then I bought another one and, and scrawled in the margins and broke the spine. And that's the way you should treat a book, actually, I believe. Just use it, wear it out, read it, reread it, and then go and buy a new one. Uh, here's Jim Mars uh, talking about the, um, well, the secret history, the hidden history of the world. This is going back to June 8th, 2014, the late, great Jim Mars. Jim, one of the things, as I was revisiting Rule by Secrecy, 
And I got to get myself a new copy because this one is pretty well uh, worn out, which is the way we should treat books. I don't like people that keep them in pristine. I write in the margins. I crack the spine. <laughs> use them up and then buy a new one. But um, I was reading the the, uh, the chapter that, that deals with Korea and uh, the Korean conflict and what is fascinating and you describe it so well, and I wonder if you could uh, uh, run it by us again, and that is how the Russians were actually prosecuting both sides of the war. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, that's true, and that uh, that really kind of blows me away um, because, uh, you know, we, we always think, well, well, there's a war, you know, there's a side on one side, um, but uh, the point is is that uh, the uh, Korean War was run out of um, the United Nations, uh, and as such, um, the, the the office that was in charge of directing the Allied efforts uh, there in Korea was uh, headed by a Russian general, and um, the, I don't have his name right here at my. Uh, I think it was uh, Konstantin Zinchenko. There you go. Okay. Uh, and uh, and then at the same time, the uh, North Koreans uh, were being armed by the Russians and were kind of fighting uh, surrogates for the Chinese and the Russians. And they uh, they had Russian uh, commanders, general, a Russian general that, uh, according to some reports, is the one that actually gave the orders to launch the attack into uh, South Korea. So you had this odd situation of two Russian generals fighting on opposite sides. But then again, it's really not that unusual once you study world history because what you find is is that a, uh, in World War I, for example, a, uh, a German banker uh, came to the United States and uh, became the head of the Federal Reserve System and helped create uh, the uh, Paul Warburg came and helped create the Federal Reserve System. Uh, and uh, at the time of World War One, he was head of the Federal Reserve and uh, as such was in charge of the war effort for the United States uh, in World War One. while at the same time his brother, Max Warburg, uh, was uh, uh, very powerful within the German Central Bank and was also involved in German intelligence and was helping to run the war on the side of the Germans. Uh, and of course, this again is nothing new. If you study the Rothschild banking dynasty, you find that uh, going back into the 1700s when uh, old man Meyer Rothschild sent his five sons out into the world and uh, pretty soon they had become, uh, one was head of the uh, Bank of England, one was head of the Central Bank in France, and one in Germany, of course, and then Austria and Italy. And they played those nations against each other for perpetual conflict, tension, and warfare, uh, you know, to uh, enrich themselves. Uh, it's really amazing. The same thing is even in our own, the war between the states here in, the, uh, in this country on this continent, what we saw was, uh, and even uh, von Bismarck, the German chancellor, is quoted as saying that this was a war that was fomented by the Rothschilds, who supported the South and at the same time supported the North. And a Rothschild agent, Dr. George Bickley, 
created a secret society called the Knights of the Golden Circle. And uh, they, at one time, had thousands of members, and this was very instrumental in stirring up the passions and uh, creating the war between the states. John Wilkes Booth, the man who assassinated President Lincoln, was a member of the Knights of the Golden Circle. So you have these um, people throughout history who you don't usually hear about, and you certainly aren't taught about this in your schools, and yet they are the ones who uh, create wars and conflicts and shortages and depressions and, and uh, financial market collapses and everything else. And uh, as you said earlier in the show, this is not just some conspiracy talk. These are historic facts. It's just that it's not usually presented to people. There you go, the late, great Jim Mars. Uh, just on the email, a couple of quick um, emails from some listeners. Jim, who's a regular um, listener and corresponds frequently, he's down in the Carolinas. I think he's down in South Carolina. Richard, wow, last show on Zoomer, was a fan of our Gary Patterson. He he led me to some guy named Richard Serrett. Richard led me to Zoomer. Quite the trail there. Thanks for including Gary on the last show. Best regards, Jim. Thank you for that, Jim. And uh, Carol Turner. Uh, for the last 13 years from the best, or for the last, sorry, for the 13 years from the best host on radio, oh gosh, in any country you are gifted. I would also like to thank Ryan White and Carlos Kajina and your wonderful family who are so supportive. Rest up, Richard, because I have a feeling you're going to be called on to do even more hosting in your future. Cream floats to the top, you know. Cat Turner, wow, God bless you. Thank you for that. Um, someone sent me. I got some wonderful mail, and, I, and I'm and i sorry that I I don't often do the show from the station anymore, so I had to come in to do the, the swan song, of course, and I checked my mail, and some of these have been in the, the mail bunk for a while, but someone sent me a gift card for Tim Hortons for $25, and uh, I'm sorry, but I, uh, I can't read the writing. It's Mr. and Mrs. George, I believe, Mr. and Mrs. George. God bless you. There was a lovely letter in there, uh, so thank you. And thank you for that gift. Uh, that's certainly wasn't necessary. Uh, someone sent me a poem, and it's uh, I think it's about time. Uh, well, they're saying Lord Byron, time traveler. Do you not hear? Can you not see? The dragons are singing in two-part harmony. One low, one high. One truth, one lie. One tear, one sigh. Good night, goodbye. The Marx Brothers meet the Trump. Oh, this isn't. Uh, this isn't Lord Byron, the time traveler. This, the Marx Brothers meet the Trumper, cut off his tie, then a cream pie, right in the face. Sherlock Holmes is on the case. The aliens land on the grassy knoll, have a drink, smoke a bowl, say a prayer to save our soul. Lord Byron, time traveler. Uh, not the real Lord Byron, but thank you very much. Very clever. All right. Uh, North, what else? How are we going to end the show here? So... In the chat today, we have about a minute, so after. in the chat today, everybody is skeptical about your hair, Dad. They don't believe you're in your fifties, and then when you say that, they don't think it's real hair. So, I think the only proper way to do this is we need a wig test. So, I'm I'm coming on camera for a second. What's a wig test? Oh, a wig test. What are you gonna do? Oh, okay. Yes, that's my real hair. That's it. I feel uncomfortable doing this. All right. <laughs> that's it. You think that satisfies everyone? It is not a wig. All right. Not Donald Trump. I am not Donald Trump. Yes. <laughs> All right. 
wow, that's it. We're done. We're, we're, uh, we're closing the curtain. We're drawing, we're, uh, darkening the, uh, sorry, turning down the lights, drawing the curtain. That's what I'm trying to say. 13 years on Zoomer, 22 years late night radio. It's been a blast. Look for me. I'm still out there. I'm, I'm in a lot of places and, uh, God bless you all. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you, Ryan. What else can I say? But don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed. Nothing hidden that won't be made known. What I say in the dark, speak in the light. What you what you hear in a whisper. Proclaim from the housetops. One more time. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night. Say, are you missing out on your favorite show because it's not available in your region? Trying to keep your private time private? Well, let me introduce you to NordVPN. If you're bored of US Netflix, why not take it for a spin in the UK? Using NordVPN and a click of a button, you can do just that. No need to travel to Japan for your favorite anime when NordVPN brings it right to you. With 5,000 plus server options, no show is out of your reach. Using my link, nordvpn.com forward slash RSS you can receive a huge discount on a two-year plan plus receive one free month. We'd all love to binge, but privacy's a big deal too. NordVPN keeps your information encrypted so you never have to worry about your IP or your location getting out. They've also doubled down on keeping you safe with their new threat protection feature. Say goodbye to intrusive website ads and malware. Even if you download an infected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it makes a mess of your computer. Don't forget, there's literally no risk to you with their 30-day money-back guarantee. Give it a try, and if you like it, great. If you don't, they'll issue a refund, and you can pretend the entire situation never happened. Check out my link, nordvpn.com forward slash RSSP to get your subscription started today. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-817-2974. 800-817-2974. 800-817-2974. That's 800-817-2974.